0: Who do you think has the best looking breaststroke of all time?
1: Underwater me. Um, honestly, above the water, Rebecca Soni's stroke, I, I like a lot.
0: Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and Lily King.
1: Hello, hello.
0: <laughs> Told you I just have to say it that way. <laughs> hey, we got a few uh, quick questions for you. What is the meanest thing that your brother... Or that you ever did to your brother?
1: Oh, that I ever did to my brother? Yeah, you're the older sister. What'd you do to he, him? No, I had to be nice to him because he was tiny. Um, yeah, I was always I was a massive monster-sized child, and my brother was this big, so I had to be nice because um, I probably would have broken his bones.
0: Um, that would have been nice. I should have. He stepped
1: I... on my head a couple times, but he still fails to recognize that he stepped on my head. So. He might be responsible for all the, all the things going on up there. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
0: I guess we need to find out what all the things are going on up there. <laughs> uh, what book are you currently reading or show? Are you watching?
1: I'm reading. It ends with us, but I'm a very, very slow reader. So if I get a couple chapters a week, I'm, that's good for me.
0: That's pretty good. What's your signature dish that you make to bring to a party or a get together? Ooh,
1: I feel like I'm copying my mom, but I I feel like to bring somewhere I'll make bread. Um, that's usually a pretty pretty big hit.
0: Both metaphorically and actually, you'll make bread. You break bread together.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, and finally, should there be a breaststroke only lane in warm up at meets?
1: Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I think so. Because I have uh, I have breaststrokers anxiety. I think I came up with that on my own, but. Um, <laughs> like the constant fear of getting run over. Um, I'm like forever looking behind me while I'm swimming. So I think someone's coming to get me. Well,
0: I think every other swimmer has anxiety around breaststrokers of getting kicked in the stomach.
1: Oh, Hey, I've <laughs> got a super narrow kick, so I promise I won't kick anybody. Fair enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we had Reagan Smith on the show a while ago and we were just having a talk about relays and teammates on relays and kind of who, makes you feel relaxed if you're feeling anxious or nervous behind the block for a relay. And we asked her, who was that person for her? And she said, first person comes to mind, Lily King. (laughs) Why do you think she said that? And why do you feel like your peers have this um, view of you?
1: Um, Well, I will say in Reagan's case, um, and she's starting to grow out of it, thankfully, but she was such a nervous Nelly in the ready room, like so nervous all the time, even, like, you know, 2019 world, she's like setting world records every time she hits the water. Still so nervous in the ready room. And I'm like, Reagan, come on, man. Like, you're fine. But um, I'm kind of like the ultimate distractor. Um, <laughs> I I used to be so serious in the ready room, like when I was, you know, when I was a teenager. And I'm so over it now. Um, <laughs> I just kind of want to have fun and joke around and talk to everybody in the ready room. So um, I guess that's why I'm, I'm like forever trying to distract Reagan, though
2: love it. Now you've been on the national team a while. you've been a captain before. Let's get to know some of the other national team members okay. and see kind of what personalities fit with them. So if you had to name someone the class uh, the class clown, who would that be?
1: Well that would be Schmidt for sure. As far as um, as far as current national teamers, I, I'm not sure. I would say either on the women's side, I would say either Phoebe or Alex. That would be my, my go-to.
2: Who do you room with on the national team? Haley. Haley. Always. <laughs> Who is the hardest trainer currently on the national team?
1: Uh, I would say um, Charlie Clark currently. Yeah. yeah.
2: And last one. Who is going to be the next breakthrough star in your opinion from the national team?
1: Well, define, define breakthrough and define like, like, would it be someone who would have already made a big, a big team?
2: Yeah. We'll say someone. Yeah. That's already on the national stage who, you know, has been doing well, maybe at us competitions or in training where it's like, they're going to at the next international meet, they're going to really show some dominance or really step through.
1: Sure. I would say, Honestly, like I would say Bella, but yeah. Bella's already, she's already Bella Sims. Like I can't really say she's, she would be a breakthrough. Like the girl went, one, what, she got 154 on that relay at World <laughs> System, like something stupid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've got such a, such a young crew. Um, so many high school kids, which is so different from when I was coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I feel like they're all breakthrough stars, but they've all also broken through. Like, You know, the sandpiper girls, they're, they're vets at this point, (laughs) it seems like, but yeah, I I can't really name just one person, but it's been, it's been fun to watch those girls grow and and develop and um, really just continue swimming super fast at the meets.
3: I got a question about yourself now. Um, It's, I live in New York now and it's five degrees today and I did not want to get out to even bring the garbage inside. It was so cold. And I was preparing for your show and of course we all know your accomplishments, but just to have it as a list of the world record, world record, world record, <laughs> Olympic gold, all the lists of the you accomplished. I was like, I can't imagine what would make me get out of bed at 5. AM in Indiana to go to practice now in your stage, of your career, what drives you right now and how is it different to 2015?
1: Uh, well, honestly, it's a real fear of a Ray Lou's phone call at 5.45 in the morning. Uh, that, that will get you out of bed real quick. Um, no, I mean, it, I just have fun. Like, I love, I love practice. I, I, a lot of, a lot of elite swimmers don't love practice. I love going to practice. And even this week, like I've been getting my lights kicked in and mm-hmm. swimming terrible, but I still like going to practice and, um, and racing everybody and hang with the team. And, um, especially this year, like our women have been swimming. So, so and and the men too, but um, like our girls have been swimming so much better than they have the past couple of years. And it just makes it easy to go to practice when you're swimming with people who have goals and uh, who want to be successful. And, you know, even if that's completely outside of my goals um, it's still fun to get up and and go race people who are motivated and want to swim fast.
0: So can you talk about a time that Ray did actually call you and wake you up?
1: It hasn't happened often. Um, (laughs) <laughs> or do you just hear
0: horror stories from other people who
2: he's called?
1: Yeah, I guess I can tell the story now because it's been it's been a while. So um, probably I would say this was like October of 2016. So it was like right after the Olympics, right after like, you know, everything, everything, my whole anti-doping spiel had gone on. And um, I went to see Adele in Nashville. Nice. It was like a Sunday night. Nice. And uh, my hometown's like halfway between Nashville and Bloomington. So I stayed the night at home. I said, I'll, I'm not going to be here for morning practice. Like I went to a concert. I'm doing something for me. Um, <laughs> and, um, so I stayed the night at home and it was probably, it was probably five 30 in the morning. And I just hear my phone buzzing. And I was like, God, like, I told him I wasn't going to be there. Like I, I told him two weeks ago, I told him right before I left, he knows he calls me and he's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm, I'm in Evansville. I was like, I'm two hours away. And he right. goes, the drug testers are here. Where are you? And I was like,
3: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right now, uh, I was like, I cannot like, obviously yeah. like it really was a drug test anyway, but I was like, especially right now, I cannot miss this drug test. Like my in, yeah. uh, in my brain, like in, at 19, I was like, my entire reputation's on the line. Like what am I doing? And, um, so I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming. It, you know, hauling ass trying to get there. I can I can get there in an hour and a half from my hometown. So I was like, I'll be there. Don't worry. So I'm peeling out of the driveway at in the morning. Um, and luckily I made it. And they our our drug testers were really really good people anyway. But they, they've been testing us for a while, so they stayed for me. But that was probably the worst. Grey lose wake
0: up call. I think I ever had. <laughs> that's so. That's so lucky uh, that you had that relationship for them to wait because that happened to me once, and so I ended up with a missed test because I was watching the Masters golf tournament in my buddy's basement, and he has no cell service there.
1: Right. And the
0: drug tester showed up on a Sunday afternoon, and I forgot what my weekend hours were because. Normally during practice times it's easy, but yeah, yeah. you know on a weekend that's the harder one. And I didn't update it, and my roommate couldn't get a hold of me. And then after that, I got hit up. I mean, USA Swimming was on my ass, yeah, <laughs> all the time about the whereabouts forms from there on for the rest of my career. So you dodged yeah. a bullet on that one.
1: Sometimes you just forget. You're like, sorry, like, but <laughs> like, you know, some days I just well, I'll go to my parents' house or I'll go to my grandparents' house. I'm like, I just, I, I'm just trying to live life. Sometimes I forget to update, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely insane. They completely track you and follow you everywhere. You,
3: you, you're you talking about your love for for training and you have been, you know, um, this week's been particularly tough. Talk about, I can't imagine training for a fifth day right up to the 200 breaststroke and the range you must have in your training. What's that like right now for you? What's going on? What kind, of, what kind of work are you putting in to make sure you're covering all the bases or you just focus on one and the racing covers the other two? Do you know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah, no, I have, I do the same thing. I've done the same thing pretty much the whole time I've been in Indiana. So this is mm-hmm. actually, this is the first year I've switched it up. I'm only doing nine practices a week now instead of 10. Um, so yeah, I swim a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's one, I think, and I, I do, I try to cover all, all grounds. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't train as much brushstroke as I used to. Um, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I was, I was like very limited brushstroke training. I like barely did brushstroke at all. I trained a lot of IM and freestyle. Um, and then when I got to college, I was still kind of more on the minimal side of doing brushstroke. Um, and that's what kind of when my sprints were a lot better than my 200, but I think my 200 just hadn't developed yet. And then over the years, we kind of started adding more breaststroke, adding more breaststroke, adding more breaststroke until last year. I was probably doing the most breaststroke I had, I'd been doing period. Probably don't quote me, but I was, I would say probably at five of my 10 practices I was doing breaststroke. Um, And then this fall I was like, all right, listen, like, you know, I'm 25. We got to save the knees a little bit. (laughs) Not that I, you know, I've been really lucky and, and haven't had any injuries. Thank goodness. But, um, I was like, I think, I think now's the time to kind of start cutting back to kind of what I was doing before, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit more minimal, uh, brushstroke training other than my, my big meat and potatoes, brushstroke practices. So like my Monday, my Monday afternoon, my Thursday afternoon, those are all brushstrokes 6,500, like those are hard, get after it. Um, but just kind of more of my additional things, I'm not doing as much brushstroke, but in terms of training for, for all the events, I mean, I, I feel like I I don't really focus on one over the other um the the 200 is one like that's more of like my saturday morning focus is 200 stroke monday afternoons 200 200 yard brushstroke focus um thursday afternoon is is more hunter brushstroke focus than the 50s the crap shoot so um it's kind of just like go for it after that but um yeah it's, it's one where i think naturally being a hunter breaststroker has has played to my advantage a lot because since naturally I'm very good at the 100, I just have to train up a little bit for the 200 and train down a little bit for the 50. So um, it's not it's not one where I like really have to focus on which one I'm, I'm working on that, that year. It's just like whatever we're doing in practice that day.
3: This, this meat and potatoes comment you made, it's blown my mind a little bit. Uh, I think I saw 6500 6,500 uh, yards breaststroke in a year when I was in training you do explain what you how do you do six 500 yards breaststroke on a Monday and a Thursday what's that involved what's going on there
1: uh you just gotta do it I mean (laughs) don't think about it that much um yeah so I mean our breaststroke practices I feel like I feel like everybody's kind of seen our breaststroke practices at this point especially with the the people who have circled in and out of our breaststroke group um but yeah I mean essentially we do it's it's all like I don't I don't know if you guys how familiar you guys are with the colors but like um mm-hmm. it's all mostly like blue yeah. best average type yeah. um and we'll do like a kick set a pull set a swim set yeah. and then we'll do power at the end um so yeah so you just kind of you just keep going and the yards ramp up pretty quick
0: <laughs> she does 6500 yards breaststroke a
2: lot faster than you do Luke so it's not just nothing.
3: a year, it's and it's probably non-stop swimming.
2: No. Yeah, exactly. Not over a year. It's just from start to finish. It's a year.
3: <laughs> hey, you mentioned you
0: mentioned people cycling in and out of your breaststroke group. Uh, at this point in your career, have you ever thought about changing the training environment? Is there any any possibility that you go somewhere else to train at some point? No,
1: not not a chance. <laughs> I'm I'm here. I am. This is this is my spot. Um, I also, just with the sheer amount of training that I do and that I know I need to be elite, I don't think I can get that anywhere else. Um, that's, that's, that's the honest truth. And I, I do think our brush shirt group and the training that Ray has given me, I mean, and everybody else, I mean, just look at who's been through the group, like me, Cody, Annie, Ian, like, holy crap, look at, <laughs> just look at the list um it works and uh i i can't get that anywhere else and i don't want to get that anywhere else um you know i'm i'm really happy here and i made a decision at 17 years old to swim here and it was the best decision i ever made so yeah. um yeah not a chance in hell i'm going anywhere else ever <laughs> I'll, hmm. I'll just quit before i do that
3: <laughs> what's a training you mentioned need to be elite because you're now at the, the, you're the top and you're one of the greatest ever breaststrokers. Um, what, what's, what's the training needing, um, p- provisions at Indiana? What what, it, what does Indiana give you from the swimming to the diet? Talk us through what does elite, elite training sound like?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we just train really hard. <laughs> <Like> I, do, <laughs> I do a lot. Of, I do. I still, you know, to this day, yeah. I do a lot of yards. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of places, um, try to out the work that it takes to, to be good. Um, and we're not, you know, sometimes a lot of people are like, well, just work smarter, not harder. And sometimes you just need to grind. Um, like that's, <laughs> that's about it. But I mean, I just, at, at this point, like I've been here, it'll be eight years in August. Um, I built such a, such a community here. Yeah. Um, you know, my home is here, like, uh, whether it's the coaches or, or kind of my support staff, people behind the scenes, like this is this is home, and I think um, everybody, coaches, you know, support staff, that that kind of people, like my my crew, um, I I can't replicate that anywhere else. Just and I think a lot of that is because because I've been here so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to get that sense of community somewhere you know, really quickly, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm curious about your, your, your race history, uh, considering just a lot of fun races that you've been a part of and for a long time, especially like throughout all your college career, do you have a favorite race that you've ever swam?
1: I have a favorite race. I, I which might not be <laughs> actually, it's definitely not what you think it was, but, um, so I'm wondering if you want that one or if you want, like no, what to you? Elite yeah. race.
0: No, 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 okay. to you. Like, what, what's the most meaningful to you? What stands out when you're like, <laughs> oh, that, that, that's the best gonna memory?
1: Ridiculous. Okay, this is going to sound crazy. I swam a 400 IM Am at a dual meet against Louisville my junior year. There's video somewhere. It's out there. I know it's there. Um, and I, it, before the race started, Mike Westfall came up to me and he said, if you don't win this race, we lose <laughs> the meet. Which happened quite a few times. I had that conversation quite a few times with the coaches no <laughs> And that or any other meet. But this one, for some reason, he's like, "If you don't win this, we're gonna lose the meet." And I was like, "Damn, like, come on, Mike! Like, I don't want to do the four I am." And uh, but at some point, I was like, "All right, pull, pull my head out of my ass, and I gotta do this race." So I was ahead for one yard of that race. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the last one <laughs> so it was it was one of the smartest races i ever swam i was like so far behind the whole way but i ended up i split like 56 on the freestyle and the dual meet i've never split that in a suit ever um i just kind of went stupid at the end of the race i went like 413 in a dual meet i had it was my best time i had no business going that fast um but i i won and we won the meet so um that that was that was my favorite race I've ever swam because it was just like so adrenaline filled and crazy, um. But yeah, I don't know. In terms of um other favorite races, I've had a couple, I've had a couple of really really mean swims that I've done to people who I didn't care for much. Uh, I'm gonna leave names out, but um, where I would. Typically, it would I would it would happen the morning, the, the prelims of the 200 breaststroke at Big Tens. Let's just put it that way. Um, and I would, I'd swim a 150 easy breaststroke. And then I'd see if I could break 30 the last 50.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So I'd swim this 150 like, oh, my God. So slow. So <gasps> slow like the people at the C final were beating me to the 150 and I start to hear the crowd like get really excited like they thought said person who I didn't care for much was gonna beat me and like I can hear I can hear her parents like I can hear everything I'm just yeah. off. I'm like <laughs> waiting I'm like you guys don't know how slow I'm going right now and then I took off and won by like three seconds So that was. Those are always fun. Um, Not the kindest thing I've ever done, but
3: it's
0: fun. uh, Those are recent. Uh, Who cares? Actually, speaking of Indiana, I remember. This reminds me of, uh, one of like the angriest moment that I've had on a pool deck before, and our whole team did. Is when uh, we swam. Indiana came and swam us at Auburn, and this was, you know, a while ago, right? It's like mid to late two thousands. And, um, and there was this dude, Sergey something, on the yeah, yeah. yeah Pisen- oh, so yeah. he, he wins whatever the 500 free, I think in the middle of the middle of the meet. And whenever Auburn summers are winning a race, uh, they, the crowd like does this thing and the whole team does this, like, you know, arm thing Whoa, Eagle. Right. And he was, I mean, we were beating Indiana pretty handily, but Sergey wins that race pretty handily himself and as he's swimming into the wall he goes to touch the wall with one hand and the other arm in the air before <laughs> he's touching is doing this
2: <laughs> oh and you know, when gosh. we shook hands
0: after that meet i thought somebody was going to just shove him in the water and, like it was good.
1: that's great oh my gosh
0: oh my gosh the
1: but the antics are never ending like um, i obviously like we've had a long standing rival against michigan um but we sway michigan a couple weeks ago and our girls like god love them they just they just swept the floor with them like they killed them and our parents are in the crowd chanting one two three one two three i was like oh my god you guys <laughs> like jeez louise like it's not bad enough if the if the team's chanting one two three but the parents were chanting one, two, three. Oh it's crazy
3: i got a i got a question about you definitely Seem like somebody who hates to lose, hate being the right word. Um, but who is that person you've hated to lose to the least? And I'm, I'm don't answer yet. Brian, John, and I are going to answer first. We can take a guess and then you're going to tell us if you're right or wrong. Hated the least or the most? Least. No, the least. Who is like, like? I mean, I would rather lose to you, Brian, and you, John, for instance. Oh. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Well, um, you do all the time. <laughs> I I'm, My guess would be from, and I'm thinking international experience, training environments, drill meets. My guess would be you'd be okay losing to Cody and, and maybe international Aaliyah. I, I, only for observations of your racing, not knowing you or her. Aaliyah Atkinson. My guess. Okay. Brian.
0: Okay. I don't have any guess, but I don't think you're going to race Cody, so.
3: In practice.
2: I'll go with Annie Laser after um, re-listening to when we sat down with her.
1: Oh, geez. I don't know.
2: I'm going to say your mom.
1: My mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, geez, I don't know. It's definitely not Alia because she beat me at Short Course Worlds in 2016, and I thought my life was over. Um. Again, I was 19. I was being a little dramatic, no, but good. I did. That's I thought really I liked it. um I don't like losing to Annie. But but I'm I'm used to losing to Annie. So I'm I'm more I still don't like it though. I don't like losing to anybody. Um I'm th- I'm trying to think. I don't, I guess I don't I don't want to reveal my secrets. Okay. Um I guess I didn't mind losing to Tatiana at the Olympics because she set the world record, so I was like, okay, it took a world record to beat me, to beat me. so yeah. that one wasn't too bad. And that was also just an incredible swim, but it definitely depends on the moment as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't mind losing to Molly Hannis that much when we were swimming ISL, but that's because we were on the same team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But you seem i yeah. such a
0: gamer. Like, there's um, yeah. a lot. Of, there's a lot of swimmers who may have a better performance outside of the big final, and yet it seems like not only is the moment not too big for you, you thrive on it. And also, if there's something motivating you from someone else in the heat, it's like, like you're somebody who looks around. It's like Chad LeClo, like yeah. famous for looking around. It's like, do you feel like you get a little extra there? Have you always been that way?
1: Yes. I've always been that way. Um, so kind of story time when I was 12, I won my first state title and like, sounds so cheesy now, but it was like the greatest thing that had ever happened to me. And mm-hmm. I was swimming the race and all day, like all day, I was t- telling myself, I was like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Like today's the day. And my mom's like, okay, well, like, yeah, I'll just swim fast. And, um, the first 50 of the race like you guys know me like i take it out apparently this time i didn't i'm like almost to the turn i'm still swimming i like turned around to look there was nobody there like i was oh. in eighth <laughs> so like I, i've been looking around my whole life <laughs> even when i wasn't winning <laughs> but yeah i mean i think i think in terms of like just looking around it's Swimmers are so stupid. Like they swim the same race every time. If I don't have to use every ounce of effort that I have, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um. So like, I just look around and see where people are, and like, see, do I need to give a little more on this 50? Do I need to back off on this 50? Like, swimming is so much more play it by ear than people give it credit to, and I think. I feel like swimmers are just predictable. So might as well look around and see where everybody's at.
3: We need more of that. Like track and field is so good at that. Track and field is so good at yeah. just racing and top three, make it to the next round, not top three times. We need more of that kind of stuff. Just touch the wall and next we move on. Just race. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And my dad's a track guy. So like really? that's how I grew up. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I've, I've always been more in the racer category and not in the pacer <laughs> category at all. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm always in for the race and I'm never really in for the time I would say, which has frustrated many of my coaches, but that's just how I am.
2: (laughs) Well, obviously you've been around here on the, you know, high level swimming scene for a while. Would you consider yourself an entertainer?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Could you elaborate on what, what you mean by that?
1: Um, as far as entertainer i you know i heard greg luganis speak when i was i think i was a freshman in college and he was talking about how he he grew up a dancer and he always considered himself himself a performer and not an athlete and i was like that's an interesting way to think of it especially you know for diving especially um but as far as in swimming like you know a lot of people i, I think about the people in the crowd a lot i'm like okay if I was here when I was 12, what would I want to see? And of course I want to see, you know, the fast swimmers throw down, but like, let's play some games. Like, let's, let's see what we can go on the last 50. Let's see how fast we can take it out and chill the third 50 and blast the last 50 or like something like that. Like, why does it have to be the same every time? That's not fun. So I think uh, being an entertainer, that is something that makes me a better racer. I know. And I know I've had so many races where I've put way more pressure on my shoulders than was even imaginable or that even needed to be there. You know, Olympics 2016, for example, um, like you need any more pressure going into an Olympic final, than there already is. But, um, those situations are things that like making myself be an entertainer or performer, um, that's something that it gets me more excited to race, mm-hmm. you know, doing something idiotic, maybe in the media, maybe in prelims or semis or whatever um, to attract attention, to make my event, the marquee event of the day. That's something that I love and that I thrive on. Um, and that makes, that gets me excited to race um, just because I, I feel like more eyes are going to be on me. So yeah, I would definitely say (laughs) I feel like I'm an entertainer, Um, but that's kind of how I like it.
2: Good. We need it. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up 2016. I think that's what everyone would say is probably the most entertaining marquee matchup we've seen in a while in swimming. Could you just kind of break through what you remember about that race? And now since you're a few years removed from it, what you might tell yourself now about that situation, or if you would tell yourself anything.
3: I
1: wouldn't tell myself anything because it worked out just fine, (laughs) but yeah, it was, um, that one wasn't as intentional as some of my other, uh, let's call them incidents, Um, but (laughs) that one was more just me being myself and, and also not really realizing everything that was going on at the Olympics. Like, you know, I was 19. I had never, i never been to world championships. I'd never been to Pan Packs. Like that was my first, that was really my first national team. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know I was being filmed in the ready room. Um, mm-hmm. I think NBC had like a GoPro in the, in the corner. Um, now you walk into the ready room and they say you're being filmed. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh, I wonder who started that. <sighs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. Just it, I don't even really remember that much from it. I think I blocked most of it out, honestly. Um, but I remember being, like, so, so crazy confident in the ready room um, and kind of thinking, like, I need to end this before it starts. Like, I need to – like, sorry. Like, poor Julia. Like, sorry. I, like, literally tormented her. Um, we chat now. It's, like, not a big deal. But, um, yeah, I was – I was on a different level. Like I was just so unbelievably confident and ridiculous in the ready room. And like behind the blocks I was staring at or like waiting for to look back at me. Who does that? Um, But in the moment, like it was just, it was just nuts. Just like the the wave of confidence that I had. And like, honestly, blind confidence. Like I had no reason to be swimming that fast, Um, uh, but I did. And uh yeah, it ended up working out just fine. But no, I wouldn't tell myself anything different. I mean I, I handled it as well as I could and as well as any nineteen year old I think ever could. Um, especially nineteen year old with the mouth like I have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it all it all worked out just fine. So it's all good.
0: Where does confidence like that come from? When you say that you're just like peak confidence, um, almost like an unbeatable confidence, that's a powerful tool. But what do you think led to that feeling?
1: Um, I think now now later on in my career, I it obviously stems from the work that's put in at practice. You know, like I know with the exception of Annie, no one else is training the way I'm training. That's just a fact. Like no one does. Um, and I know that. Cause Ray has asked every other elite breaststroke coach in the world what they're doing and they're not doing what we're doing. So um, that's like number one is I know I'm doing more. I know I'm doing it faster. I know I'm doing it better.
2: Um,
1: And the second thing I have noticed over the years is that I get, I get more confident the harder the races. So like the more competitive the races, like I think it just, I just get excited um, and the knowing that I have the base that nobody else has, and then the excitement on top of that is like a dangerous combination, dangerous. Um, and it's not something that I can control. Um, I wish I could, <laughs> but I can't all the time. Um, and I'll go years without feeling, but without having that feeling. Um, so when it does come along that's when I know I'm on and it's, it's go time. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt that way at short course worlds um, for the hunter rest. And I knew that's because Ruta was coming to play Mm -hmm. and um, obviously got a really great race out of that. So um, yeah, it's a, it's the, the excitement plus the knowing i put the work in. That's, that's a pretty dangerous combo, I think.
3: Big time. The, the, back to the ready room a little bit in the confidence there. Um, going told us about Alex Popov would walk in the ready room and he'd just walk in and go, Gentlemen, and like that's when the race was run one already. He just walked in there and he, and he was like dominating already the alpha male in that room. And everybody looked at Popov, it's like, Oh my god, there's Alex Popov, we're done for. What's what do you do when you enter the ready room now? Um, do you say anything? Are you chatty? Are you keep to yourself? You just say it to your friends or you're in the zone doing your thing right now?
1: So I used to do that. Um, Hmm. I used to be like in complete control of everything.
2: You said Um, gentlemen?
1: (laughs) Yes. I refer to all the women as gentlemen, um, as they deserve. (laughs) Um, no, but I, like I was in complete control. Um, and then at some point that, that just didn't feel organic to me anymore. Um, and it felt like I feel like as the word got out that I was like really intense in the ready room, people were expecting me to do that. And then I, sometimes I just didn't want to be intense in the ready room. Like sometimes I just want to talk in the ready room. Um, and now I've kind of moved away from that and I'm more like, I'll talk to anybody. If anybody wants to talk to me, feel free, come up and chat with me. So I've kind of got my people that I always talk with. Um, and like whoever, like feel free, to jump in the chat. But uh, I'm kind of over the whole like being serious and controlling in the ready room thing. Like let's go race, and you know
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll see who does it there. But um, but yeah, it's it's been like a literal like 180 shift. I think from the beginning of my career.
0: Wasn't there so you brought up Ruta? What was there something to Short Course Worlds where she took forever to get on the block, and you like looked at her? You're like, all right, what are you doing?
1: Exactly. <laughs> So clarify. Indie. In okay. I technically started it, but so like for the longest time, I've been the last one on the blocks. Like that's been my thing. Again, I want to feel like I'm in control. So I, I'll i be the last one on the blocks. I'll take forever. I'll have my moment. Like everybody's waiting for me. They know they're waiting for me. That's, that's the deal. But that was also when I was, Kicking everybody's asses, so like it was okay. Um, like I, I felt that I had earned that respect for my competition. And um, it's kind of like how how Phelps would do the arm flap thing. Like everybody would wait for it. I wanted, I wanted people to wait for me. So I've been doing this for years, for years. And in Indy, at the World Cup, Ruta beat me in Toronto, and both, and then beat me in the hundred in Indy, and I was pissed. I was like, how dare you beat me in my home pool? <laughs> and, um, so then the day of the 50 comes, she's obviously going to beat me in the 50. Um, and she is like waiting me on, waiting for me to get on the block. And I was like, I don't care. So I just got up. So I didn't get up last. I got up and she totally got like, totally had my number got me. Then she beats me in the 50. Then I get out. Then I'm mad because I got beat and outweighted and then Ray screams at me. Because I didn't get on the blocks last. <laughs> so it was like, this whole thing was like, it was just a storm brewing. So then we get to Short Cross World. And it's the, yeah, the hundred semi. And Ray, Ray is like, I would rather you get disqualified than get on that block before she does. And I was like, <sighs> I'm not getting yelled at again. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I know. I'm an 18 hour flight away but i am not safe i was like i'm not safe <laughs> right <now. laughs> so i stood there and i waited and it was like the longest and i've had some standoffs before like this is not the first time this has happened but i waited for it felt like 30 seconds like it was so long so then ruta finally calls it quits gets on the block and then I kind of snicker and laugh, and then I get on the block, and then they call the whole heat back down. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get DQ'd. <laughs> we're going to get disqualified. But then after that, I was like, okay, well, like, I won. So then I just hopped on the block. It wasn't a big deal.
0: That would be so, the world's funniest thing to get DQ'd about, is if you two just get pulled aside and get a talking to in the chairs behind the blocks.
1: <laughs> be so bad. I've gotten, like, yelled at about it before. I wasn't even taking that long. At that point in time, this was like when I was in college. Um,
3: but yeah. Yeah. Lily, we have swimming needs this. Swimming needs this: the rivalries and the competition and the tension. Our sport's going to continue to stay where it's at if it's not for some raw, honest emotions, and that's what we're about. You know, it's important. So
1: we gotta spice yeah. it up. I mean, I, swimming's been boring for so long. Like we, we need to do something fun and exciting and and have rivalries and i i feel like especially on the women's side like everyone's been so polite for so long and like screw it like do i like Ruta yeah but do i want to beat her hell yeah. yeah um you know it's it's one like why why are we not showing our competitive side
3: yeah why it not? used to be worse victor davis the great hundred breaststroker yeah. from canada he used to spit in the opposing lane <laughs> and then yep. get up and race them. You trying to risk how you feel about that?
1: Oh, I mean that's a little intense for me personally, but
3: I <laughs> <Yes>. respect it. <my laughs> hey,
1: listen, if you're if you're kicking the crap out of people, you can do whatever you want. Like if you if you pull that stuff and then you lose, then it's not cool anymore.
2: Yeah. But
1: like if you're winning, you can do whatever you want. So that's just kind of my opinion on it. Like you can't you can't do something crazy and then and then go lose um because obviously
3: mentioned,
1: it's not working no.
3: so, i tried all the time it doesn't work
1: yeah exactly, exactly.
2: <laughs> you did mention in the ready room your your mindset and your plan you know, change in 180 and when he said that it made me think of 2020 olympic trials when i think after the 100 breast, you're being interviewed and he said oh i was trying to get in you know, Lydia's head, Jacoby's head. And then if, I think I was deep diving some comments online and people were like, Oh, she's bowling the 17 year old and things like that. Do you think that's just a, a kind of a sexist view that, you know, her, and like you said, you being a female, you can't come at another female like that. Or what are your general thoughts on people reacting that way?
1: I think, honestly, I think Slim Slam made me the enemy a long time ago. Um, and like, I don't really care like i feel like it's a gossip column anyway so um they're gonna come for me on that come get me guys nothing you haven't done to me yet um but yeah i feel like i have a a large i have a large group of haters out there i don't i don't really care none of them have ever said anything to my face so like i don't okay and the people who know me know I'm not a horrible person anyway. So, um, yeah, I did. I did see that. It was actually, this was really funny to me because that day I was bullying Lydia and which I had no intention of, like, I'm just trying to get ready to race. I also had a mask on, like, like, you know how hard it is to get people's faces when you're doing this ruined my game. Anyway, um, like, yeah, so I was like bullying Lydia and should be removed from the Olympic team for safe sport for looking at somebody in the ready room. Um,
0: it's probably coming. And
1: then three days <laughs> later, I was the world's best friend when Annie made the team. And yeah, everybody was like, "Oh, everybody needs a friend like Lily." And I'm like, "What's going on?" Like, I was, <laughs> like if the internet was telling me who to be, I wouldn't know who I was right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I sexist. Yes, at, at some point in time, yeah, I think it was. But um, I think you have a couple people who are who are. And unfortunately, I feel like Swim Slam runs things now. Like, like they run your reputation. They they, they decide who's cool and who's not. And you're like, all right. And at some point, I was not the cool kid anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how, how things work out every once in a while. And if you have a mouth on you, which I do, that's not super popular with the the white collar country club swimming people, which I'm not.
0: So that's so true. Know. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it makes you an easy target because you're the only yeah. one who talks, and everybody yeah. else just shuts the hell up. Which is and obviously like
1: why would they talk? Look at how I've been treated. Like you know it. you, well, you have an opinion. Ooh.
0: Also, to your point, like if you if you talk shit and you don't back it up, then you look awful. Right. And exactly. there's not that many people who can deliver after talking shit like yeah, yeah. If, if you consider it that
1: yeah yet, no, I mean, exactly like even you know when i like have been talking shit i've been destroying people so i'm like okay sorry like i'm the enemy i'm cocky Ooh, yeah i am cocky i don't care <laughs> but, have, you,
0: have, have you though have you has it ever backfired on you
1: unintentionally not I will, the one thing I have said that I feel like has backfired, but it wasn't, was not intentional at all. Um, Before Tokyo, I said in a press conference, I was like, Hey, like, I think we, like this women's team is really strong. Like, and I was, I was literally like looking through everything. It was like before, you know, it had come out that, you know, all of Simone's, you know, health issues of that, that year. um, I was really like looking through everything. And I was like, we have a chance to win an individual gold in every event. Like, okay, let's th- look through it. Simone, 15 the 100. Katie, the two, the four, the eight, 15. Um, Reagan, the backstrokes. Uh, Tori, the Hunterfly, Haley, the tuner fly. You know, I, I'm leaving people out, obviously, not intentionally. I'm just like in my in my brain. You know, me, hunter, tuner breast, or Annie, whoever. Um, and then Alex, two am. Emma Wyatt, four IM. I was like, this is your list. I was like, these people all very well could win an individual gold medal in their event. That's what I said. I said, hey, listen, like, I, if I think we have the meat we can have, I think we can win all the individual gold medals. And for whatever reason, the Australian media picked that up mm-hmm. and said, Lily King said, Australia is not going to win any gold medals. And I was like, no, I said at all. <laughs> so that would be the one time I would say it was backfire. but it was mostly because it was completely misunderstood what I said I wasn't like I'm like really not bashing the Aussies I'm just saying like I'm really confident in our girls and um I think we're gonna have really good me that that's, that was my intention but that's not what what came off uh, Lily
3: it, it's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show probably the main reason is why we started the show off just to get to know who you were and your personality a bit more because we all know your performances obviously and we had a similar experience with Gary Hall Jr we had him on maybe a couple of times right guys and Gary had a very similar experience as well with you in Australia. He, yeah. he, If there was context that had smashed him like guitars, you'd realize he was actually saying a really, really kind, loving thing about Australian swimming, respect for Australian swimming. But they just took the one little quote and made it this big thing in 2000, right? Um, yeah. And it was good. And I, I, you know, I, I enjoy these conversations about getting to know Lily King, not the Olympic gold medalist. Um, so what? going back to how we started the show off, what do you, what does life look like after swimming? Is it still in swimming, maybe in admin or coaching? What are you doing now that you love? What are you studying? What's, what's Lily King, not the swimmer? Uh,
1: right now, my life is Groundhog Day right now. Um, I go to practice, I come home, I nap, I go to practice, I go to bed. So that's every day. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know, post-swimming, I haven't really decided. Honestly, if I could do clinics for the rest of my life, that would make me happy. Yeah. Um, I love I love being out uh, and getting to work with kids and uh, getting to to have that impact on them Mm -hmm. Um, that I that a lot of you know Olympic swimmers had on me when I was growing up. That's something that's really really important to me Um, because you never know which one of those kids is going to end up you know the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm sure the clinics I went to the you know whoever was whatever Olympian national teamer was running the clinic. Surely they didn't think that one right there is gonna <laughs> gonna be the next big thing. Um, so that's something that's that's really important to me to be able to to give back, um, to the kids and to the sport that I feel like has mm-hmm. you know obviously given me this life that I have. Um, but yeah, so doing clinics I think would be cool. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to do something really like boring for a while, like. Um, think I want to be a dog walker. I'm like looking at retirement jobs. Like I just want to kind of live life and not, not think too much. (laughs) Um, You know, after, after having a job that is a 24/7 job and having done that for the last, like, let's be real, like at the elite level for like probably the last 10 years, um, I want to be able to not think about when I'm going to bed or not thinking about what I'm eating or not think about needing to stretch or doing this or that and just kind of living life and figuring out who I am, um, without swimming. Uh, that's something I'm going (laughs) to probably do once Mm -hmm. I'm done, but yeah. Uh, clinics are good. I might, I might end up coaching. I don't know. I might end up doing like athlete mentoring type stuff. Uh, I would, I would like to stay involved with the sport though, for sure. Um, I do like whenever I'm having a bad day, I try to think about like, this is what eight-year-old you always wanted to do. Like you're the person you always wanted to be when you were a little kid. And that really helps me push through those bad days. So even when there there are days, like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, do I, like, I need to retire like now, which doesn't happen often. Like you do have those thoughts every once in a while, but, um, I just kind of think back and think like if you at eight years old could see what you're doing now, like, I swim brushstroke and work rocks for a living. Like that's literally what all I wanted to do. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of where my mind's at. I'm currently in and for post swimming. The,
3: the 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 sport needs you. The the the, the ATOs need to hear what you just said. The Olympic gold medalists need to hear what you said.
1: I hope well, we, yeah. we got
0: a few uh got a few rapid fire questions before we let you go. Oh, let's do it. It's the hardest race in swimming?
1: 200 long horse breast.
0: Olympic gold or world record?
1: Yes. <laughs> do you pee <laughs> in the pool? Yes.
0: If you could pick any superpower that isn't teleportation or flying, what would it be?
1: Oh, well, that's hard. I don't that's even know what, what my picked. rapid fire answer is now. Um, maybe. Maybe if I could be like a little a, sh- a shrinker guy, like Ant-Man. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. I have no idea.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna shrink in the edit right now.
1: <laughs>
0: when you train outside, what SPF number are you wearing? 50.
1: And Mid- it's like else ever- blue.
0: <laughs> I bet. Uh, have you ever cried at practice? Yeah. Do you remember the practice?
1: there've been too many to count. We call it, <laughs> it croggling, crying in your goggles.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> Which Olympic sport would you be best at besides swimming?
1: I have no idea. Um, I've been asked this question so many times. I have no idea. Um, I, I would want to do something that wasn't as hard as swimming. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What What do you think?
0: I was going to say a winter sport, like speed skating, maybe because your legs are so strong. But you have, a, you have also like a really strong pull in your breaststroke, too. Yeah. So it have, need to be something, I think more I think something full body. I think it's
1: something easy, like shooting.
2: Do you have a good eye for shooting? No. Well, then that's
1: all. <laughs> well, it's easy. <laughs> it's well,
2: not there's the retirement gig right there.
1: I, I, an anaerobic sport. Not even anaerobic, just not aerobic at all.
0: Who do you think is the best breaststroker of all time?
1: You're baiting me with this one. Um, Oh wow. I don't know. Um, I don't have an answer for you.
0: What about who, who do you think has the best looking breaststroke of all time?
1: Underwater me, um, above the water, these are hard. I don't know. I'm like scrolling through, um, honestly above the water, Rebecca Sony stroke. I, I like a lot.
0: Mm, beautiful breaststroke. Okay. Do you like doing social kick? Yeah. Do you guys do it?
1: Here's the thing. Corey always writes kick with fins and I have changed that to kick with friends. So that's our social kick is, is kick with friends now.
0: Like can you even do social kick doing breaststroke by the way it's yeah. kind of antisocial.
1: well i can breaststroke kick with my fins on so you just can, you can only have one buddy
0: you have a you have knees of gold lily king i do i don't, I don't know what that's going to do long term <laughs> but you have been blessed uh thanks so much for hanging out with us super fun to get to chat with you appreciate you coming on
1: yeah absolutely thanks for having me
0: all right, well, we'll see you at a meet soon. That's it for this episode of Social Kick, and we'll see you next time. Cool. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.